Hello, everyone, and welcome back. At long last, I don't know who's more tired, us or the Fighting Irish, but we've reached the reached the Byrie. Oh my gosh, can we restart? I just totally I can cut it out now. <laughs> okay, I'm just being a dumbass. Ugh. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. This is Ball, Bull, and Gold. At long last, we have reached the bye week. I don't know who's more tired, us podcasting and watching and drinking every Saturday, or the Fighting Irish. Either way, we've made it eight games into the season. Maybe not the season you know, we wanted as Irish fans, but across the country, it's been fun. One of the biggest storylines, of course, has been you know the last year of the Pac-12 and how much fun it's been out there. I think we start there with Washington, Oregon. Back and forth game. I don't know if you guys got a chance to catch the extended highlights. I know, Tom, you probably got to catch it during the day. Ian and I were tailgating, but what an awesome game. Uh, Michael Penix, front runner for the Heisman. I mean, it was thrown around before the season that that could be a possibility, but to you know, actually see it come to fruition is pretty cool. Yeah. I uh, I did not get the eyes I wanted to on this contrary to popular belief. I did not just stay home and watch football all day on Saturday. I was coaching, <laughs> I was coaching lacrosse for the majority of the day, but I did get to watch the extended highlights, um, and I was able to pull it up on my phone uh, to actually call Sean O'Brien as he was walking to Notre Dame Stadium to let him know how the last two minutes played out. Um, so it was a it was a fun last two minutes. It was a really fun football game via the extended highlights. Um, it was like it had a little bit of everything where like the offenses flash, but I thought the defenses like made big stops as well, like Oregon down the goal line and. Uh, like both the, like both sides of the ball for both teams flashed really nicely. I think that that would be a game that you know if they played it every week for the rest of the season, alternating sites, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be upset about it. Ultimately, you give you know most odds makers give a three point home advantage to either side, um, and what this result really says is that these teams are pretty even on a neutral field. That the result yeah. probably is the re- correct result because if they were even, then Washington had a three-point home advantage. So, yeah. Um, correct if I'm wrong, this love. I think Oregon was like over three on fourth downs. Went for it three That's, times and didn't get it three times, which obviously changed the game. So, I mean, this game was as tight as you can possibly get. It yeah. seems like. And when when you do the the math on week four, five, whenever you're doing the math, and you're like, all right, this undefeated team's going to lose because they have to play each other. Honestly, that's one of those games where, like they both played themselves into contention still. Yeah, like if, I agree. If Oregon comes back and beats Washington uh, and undefeated Washington in the Pac-12 championship, I don't know. Are we all of a sudden having a conversation with two Pac-12 teams that need to get in? We've had a conversation about the SEC a lot, but yeah, Pac-12 so. is that conference this year. My clarification, they did away with the divisions, right? There's no Pac-12 yes. North. Yes. So they in still- the Pac-12, they did. Okay, so that's that's important, and I like that, and that's why it's so much better because we can talk later about what an abomination the Big Ten is going to be when they could have a really similar situation. It's also hurts the conference. Like Pac-12, like there is a world they get two teams in the college football playoff because yeah, those sure. two did yeah. not go out there and embarrass themselves. I think they're both really good. They both played like good football. It was not giving the game away. Like. God, Michael Penix is a dog. I think Bo Nix, from what I heard, what I read, what I saw, could have played better. I yeah. Think. Yeah, he, he came alive a bit in the second half. I know he had some big – I know Jordan uh, – what's his – Franklin, is that what his name is? The receiver? Yeah. I know he – Troy Franklin, I think he had a big – I think he had a big second half as well. Um, but, yeah, I, I, mean, I, I, I I'm looking forward to this rematch in a few weeks. I, I hope we get it. Penix, obviously, you said a Donald clear front runner. Right now, he's minus odds. Yeah, he's I think he's really? one forty, minus one forty. I think. I think next is like it's not McCarthy. There's someone ahead of McCarthy, but like Dylan Gabriel. They're sitting at like maybe who? Dylan Gabriel. Yeah, it's Dylan Gabriel. I think, and they're sitting at like plus eight hundred. It's like yeah, I mean clear it's like all, all the value on betting in Penix is gone it's still october no yeah exactly the, yeah so according to fox sports and i'm not sure who they pulled their odds off of Penix is minus 130 the next closest are mccarthy and gabriel are tied at plus 1000 jordan travis is plus 1200 Jaden daniels 1400 and drake may 1800 
Wow. Yeah. Where is uh, that guy from USC? He's right below. He's right below Drake. Drake May at, at two thousand. Good. 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 You're talking about you're talking about Taj Washington, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Taj Washington. <laughs> um, elsewhere around the country, honestly, in terms of marquee matchups, I think Notre Dame is definitely the next highest up. Talked a little bit how Alabama might be back. They struggled again. I mean, I, I think it's just like not that great of a football team. Georgia struggled, not struggled, but you only beat Vanderbilt by 17. And, and they I lost. They, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah they lost. The bigger story coming out of that one is who could be the best football player in the country. You know, he's not going to win a Heisman, but Brock Bowers is now lost for the year. And I, I legitimately think that makes them a lot more vulnerable. He won the Auburn mm-hmm. game. Yeah, yeah, he's the only reason. He's the only reason they're still undefeated. And like Carson Beck, you're losing not only using your favorite target, you're losing a lot of attention that went to your favorite target. Like everything mm-hmm. is going to get more difficult for them. I mean, it's basically if we lost Michael Mayer last year, yeah. Um, yeah. Like that, and shout out Jack Rogers, but like it's wide. F and open. It is wide open with the loss of Brock Bowers. Yeah. And I'll say this too. There's been a lot of talk about all like the rest of the receivers getting healthy for for Georgia. And, and that might be the case, right? You get like a fully healthy lad McConkey, Ra Ra Thomas gets healthy, uh, Dominic Lovett gets healthy, but none of those guys, maybe Lad is, but the other two guys are not as reliable as like like none of those guys are a safety blanket. In the yeah. way that, in the way that, um, in the way that Bowers was for a young quarterback in Beck. So, like, I, I don't think they're toast. Like, I think it definitely leaves the door open, but I think Beck will have to find some, find some real chemistry with the guys really quickly if they want to keep this passing game afloat. Yeah. I don't think Lad McConkey's a future five time Pro Bowler. No, probably no. not. And he does most of his like damage when he's almost a secondhand thought. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's not. He, he he's never a primary receiver. Yeah, uh, elsewhere because I forgot this was the only other ranked matchup besides our game, which we'll get to. So, you're, are the Oregon State Beavers like for real? For real? Took care they're of business. Def- their their defense Again. is for real. For real. Yeah, I mean they're a team that's not eliminated from the playoff. I'm like they're still hanging around. They'll they have got opportunities big- to pick everyone else off. Yeah, I, I don't think we have to answer that question right now. That will be answered for yeah. us going forward. But, like, definitely one to keep an eye on. Um, we said that Pac-12 was just going to eat them. So, like, UCLA, bye-bye. You've done your job. Yep. Um, maybe next year, Chip. Uh, Washington State just fell off the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it seems like it seems like they're running out of gas early. Also, on that Oregon State point, they, they got Arizona. They're at Arizona, at Colorado, at, and then at home for Stanford. Um, and then they finish with Washington and on the road at Oregon. So it, it'll be a tough, it'll be a tough last two there. I think, I think it can make some noise and they can wind up being a top 10 team headed into the last two weeks, but uh, that'll be pretenders and contenders two week two that. Uh, yeah. Last two weeks there for them. Yeah. And then looking around, I know this is one we probably didn't want to spend a lot of time on. Louisville got shellacked. By what the hell, man? The what the hell? That was the ultimate. I think you should leave. What the hell? Like, what am I? What am I looking yeah. at? What the hell? Yeah. I, I mean, if you if you are looking at it, and what we're looking at is box score. Like Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh. They stayed Pittsburgh. It seems like Louisville just had like the ball did not bounce their way. No, it, it, for what we for what I heard today, like on on recap shows and stuff, it sounds like. It was a bit of an implosion from Louisville. Like things started going wrong, and nobody could stop the bleeding. Ah, sounds so right. familiar. All right, yeah. are we are we that surprised though? Like we knew going like they're not that good of a team. They're not that no. good of a team. Our takeaway was never that. I mean, we were, they were better than we thought, maybe, but like it wasn't like sure. damn. Like I was impressed by Duke. I wasn't necessarily blown away by anything. Right. right. No, I wasn't even. I th- I just thought they they schemed a little bit better, but. Like I thought, yeah. I thought Duke had really good defensive linemen that could hang with us. I did not necessarily think that outside of Thrash and Jordan that there was dudes on Louisville that could hang. Question for you guys: Why are we? And I'm, I know we'll talk about it later. Why are we just 
throwing away a one-loss Tennessee right now? Is it because it's a bad loss to Florida? Is it because they haven't shown us anything? But, like, I don't know. I, I think that's actually a great point. I mean, Georgia's vulnerable. Yeah, Georgia's vulnerable. Bama's vulnerable. Yeah, I mean, those are two and, really tough games. Don't I know. And with Josh Heupel and Joe Melton, I feel like you could probably score with a lot of different people. And I, nobody's going to tell you that they're actually an above-average defense. Probably decent. But um, I don't know, like 19 at 5-1 and one going into Bama? Oh, Tennessee can make some noise. Yeah, it, it's just tough to tell exactly where they are. I think this week will be a better barometer. Because last week they, they beat A&M, but they beat them on a punt return. Right, it's not like it's not. Yeah, they scored twenty, but it wasn't like Joe Milton was slinging around the yard either. Like he, he still has issues being consistent, and he still has issues being consistent, and he still has issues being accurate. Um, so like I just, there. It's very funny. The SEC East is kind of all jumbled up right now. I'm looking at the standings, right? Like Missouri's two and one, Tennessee's two and one, Florida's three and one. Georgia's four and zero, but vulnerable. Yeah, like Kentucky's two and two. Like everybody's still in it outside of South Carolina and Vanderbilt in the East. So it should make it for a fun, make for a fun stretch run here. Yeah, I mean, there, there's like, I mean, in most years you kind of know who's like your real contenders are, and we just don't. We don't. Yeah. Like I hate well, to, it's Michigan and Ohio State are like resume wise and Washington. It's like those are top three, but it's not like they're not prior one, two, threes where they're, I guess, outside of Michigan blowing the doors off of everyone. No. One one more thing on this on, while we're in the FCC. Did you guys catch the onside kick from Arkansas? No. Yeah, like, we're watching some of that in the backer. You guys, if you guys get the chance, like even while we're while we're talking here, if you guys could go watch the onside kick, it was one of the most perfectly executed onside kicks between the Kicker ended up recovering it 11 yards from where he kicked it, and the two two guys next to him blew up the the guys in the Alabama front line. It was it was like a crazy good collision followed by a really solid recovery by the kicker. It's uh, if anybody hasn't seen it, worth worth watching if you get the chance. Sounds like something that's right up my alley. Exactly, dude. That's why I wanted to mention it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like so. I mean, what we're sitting at. But 18 the coaches, 16 in AP, something like that. And every single team above us is technically like threat to make a playoff. Makes you think like, and you know, we're saying this coming from a position of two losses right now. But this is a year where a 12 team playoff, which we'll get next year, would be fun as hell. It'd be perfect. It'd be perfect. I mean, I'm going to, I'm not that, uh, Slev, I'm gonna let you take it because I I'm like kind of a little rattled. Did you guys see what Jack Schwarber just said about uh, collective bargaining? Collective he's just bargaining. because no, he's also like, let's not make them employees. Well, employees can't. Well, if you're not an employee, you can't collectively bargain because there's no contract between you and an employer. Yeah. So he just throwing out thoughts, and that's like what's in my head about the 12 team. So I'm gonna go, but Donna, like reiterating what you said, like with this is like an eight seed, a UConn can make a run to like March madness type thing. If we had 12 team or like who's saying air force can win a game. Yep. And, and like one more point on that is like, you know, I'm starting to come around on, you know, it, there, there is like the arguments, like it diminishes the regular season, but for the truly great teams, they're going to run through and win regardless. But to say, like, you know, when you get to November and there's only a few big games, now there are more games with playoff implications. Right. And that, that was a point that I didn't really grasp when it's, like, 12-team playoff. Now, like, Clemson's a huge game. Every game we play, we're still on edge. There's still a chance. There's still hope. That's why we love college football. There's this aura of hope at the start of every season. And. Yeah. You know, for more fan bases getting involved, like we should expect to make the playoff almost every year in the 12 teamer. And, you know, and there's a lot more fan bases that feel that way. It gets optimism up around the country. It's not, you're not having the same aura of it's always Georgia, Alabama. Um, D, on the, on the point of the 12 team playoff, I was just, I think it'd be difficult for us to like make one up on the fly. So I just pulled up Bud Elliott's. And I think like, to the point where it's be where it's being wide open, 
right now he has Georgia as the overall one seed, Michigan two, Florida State three, and Texas is four, indicating that Texas would be a Power Five champ. Um, and then he has uh, Oregon as the five seed as the fifth Power Five champ. With that said, to the point of it being open, he have Oklahoma as his eight hosting North Carolina in the first round, who would then go to play Georgia in the second round. Oh, and if awesome. the seeds and if the seeds held out, would get Tennessee or I'm sorry, would get Texas in the semifinal. Right. So like uh, Oklahoma team who I think could definitely beat North Carolina would give Georgia a hell of a game, if not win the game, and then get a rematch of what would be Probably a triple third, rematch of the Cotton game, Bowl. Yeah, yeah the, their third, their third installation in the trilogy. Um, yeah, to your point, just to your point, being open, like Oklahoma's an eight seed, I could see them. I could see them making that run. You know. Yeah, it'd be fun, especially this year. And and I think like in the NIL world, the landscape is flattening a bit because you see the second string guys at Georgia, Alabama, transferring, making impacts. Hell, we have one of them on our D line. Fonte Jean Baptiste was not going to start at Ohio State. No. Been one of our best three or four players on defense this year. Yeah, like in true. more and more teams at like kind of our level, this like just below tier one are getting better and you know because of that. So it's fun, man. Yeah, fun. I mean it is like we were pretty deflated after Louisville. Yep. We were pretty, and we'll get into like how how great this weekend was, but like that takes the doesn't take the sting out of it, but it takes the deflation out of it. Like that, that loss would still hurt pretty bad, but it wouldn't almost kill the excitement for the rest of the year. So I do think, like as much as we've said, like we love the old college football, this new iteration could just enhance the sport that much more. Got to be careful from here, as always. But like twelve teams just looks so so perfect for an unreal postseason. Yeah, it's just always gonna allow us to keep the faith and be like, hey, the path the path's still there, right? Dude, and like, even if you're the lower seed and you got to go on the road in the first round, you could say, "Hey, you know, like that that path right there." Even if we end up as a ten seed, like, yeah, I think we could take on the number two team in, in the next round. So, what's uh, I got a I got a question for you guys. So after the Louisville loss, I mean, I'm I'm on my worst behavior. Like, mm-hmm. I am acting like a four year old, and yeah. Mich- Michigan buddy of mine just goes like, "Hey, man, like, I don't know. I don't even know how this was." Supposed to make me feel better, but like, yeah, next year, like, you guys definitely still have a shot. Talk about the 12 team, or he's like, like a three loss team could get in. I was just like snappy. I was like, no, no fucking way a three loss team can get in. Could a three loss team get into a 12 teamer? Using yeah. this year as an example, who gets in as a three loss team? Maybe not this year because it's so flat, but in prior years, there have certainly been SEC teams sitting at three losses, sitting at like eight, yeah. nine, 10, 11 that would get in. I mean, LSU was sitting right outside at two losses last year for a 14 playoff. So, say you have a two-loss team from the SEC West or East, lose to a clear number one team in the mm-hmm. SEC title, plausible. Yeah. Or like a, you know, someone, yeah, someone play like him, that. Play them tight. You you need yeah. the Air Forces of the world to not be hanging around. The Pac-12 won't be a thing anymore, so you really only have like four conferences. Right. So yeah, I mean, man, that'd be fun. Yeah, there's no way, and also like, right now the teams at the top all have Hoopers at quarterback, except for Kyle McCord. Um, there's just not like twelve good quarterbacks. So like filling that out with twelve would be interesting. I don't. I mean, I don't think that's helping my point that anything could happen in twelve teamers, but like. Are you going to get 12 top quarterbacks in a, in a playoff like that? No, but you have a you have teams that can knock off like for example, USC has the probably still the best quarterback in the country. Yeah. You know, they were a team that everyone would have had in the top 12, top 10, and a team with a great defense could knock them out. Like sure. We just yeah. did. Yeah, so you know, that's like, funny. That's a good point Ian, too. Like, it's actually a funny point where like I'm looking at Bud's projected top, top 12 and the, the Air Force quarterback is not going to be up for highs or anything, but like he's he's really good. That kid's really good. I think he like plays very good ball in that system. So, uh, like, I'd be very confident in almost every quarterback I'm looking at in here outside of Jalen Milrow. 
Like yeah. each one of these court probably probably eleven of the twelve quarterbacks I'm like, yeah, they could win me a football game. Yeah. Tom, anything else you want to hit on landscape this week? Um Florida no, State looked good. Florida State, Florida State looked good. Oh, Miami, Miami and uh Miami, North Carolina, man. Greek May finally turns on. He got Tez Walker back. Um uh, Miami's Miami is could be broken. I think they're I, I think, think they're broken. broken. You, you lose you lose the, your locker room when the when they the way they lost last week. Like that's yeah. just such an easy way to lose lose your locker room. They're done. Yeah. Yep. So going back to the point of shutting down an elite quarterback, Mr. Everything, the Heisman winner, Nick Wright ranks him as a top seven or eight quarterback in the NFL if he was there today. Not if Al Golden is coaching defense for any team in the NFL. That was probably the best single game against a real opponent defensive performance I've seen from a Notre Dame defense last week. Yeah, it was it was it was incredible, honestly. Like there's there's no other words to describe it. Like you pulled all the right levers and then had some guys make some absolutely huge plays and it, it, like it really, it was so nice to watch something, whether it be offense or defense, come together all at once. Yeah, and you know, I might as well start there. It's Xavier Watts on that same token probably played going back to you know since we were freshmen, twenty sixteen season. Jerry Tillery had four sacks against Stanford, but I can't remember a player, a safety almost as single handedly like won that game. He had a hand in four turnovers, picked up three of them himself and then punch the ball out on another for the exclamation point. Like, the dude single-handedly, like, beat Kellen. He was everywhere. He had the four – and then he had, you know, seven tackles, was flying around. Defensive line, incredible job. And your boy, Riley Mills. Ooh. I think he's finally becoming what we want him to fucking be. Exactly. And, I mean, this was such a revenge game for him because he was in the backfield all year last year and, like, had Caleb Williams in his hand and he just couldn't bring him down. And, he, I mean, he played incredible. Our whole, I mean, the way we dialed it up was awesome. Um, we, we get on Marist, but, like, when he came, he didn't get touched by the guards. Like, he was ducking underneath those. Um, the other thing I want to say, back to Xavier Watts, is there's this whole narrative, and it's true, that turnover battle a lot of times is – just a little bit luck of the draw, right? Or and like the way the ball bounces. If you look at it with the course of the season, it should right size itself. Like all five of those turnovers, we created. Those were not like 50 50 mm-hmm. turnovers. Yeah, all it's not of jump them. Ball. Yeah. No, we, we got after Caleb and we made the play, like flustered him. He threw up some nonsense. We made the play. Cam Hart punched it out. Xavier Watts ripped it out on the last one. Like we forced those turnovers. Like we deserve to win the turnover battle as big as we did. Uh, on, on Riley Bills, uh, there's a video There's a video floating around on Twitter after the game. I didn't realize in real time, but hit the the push, the push-pull move he did, he ran mm-hmm. either on one of the guards or centers, was just so incredible. Like, that's the sheer strength that you – we were talking that puts him on the freaks list, right? Like, that's the kind of shit that makes him look like an elite defender. Yeah. And, you know, as much heat as J.D. Bertrand comes, like, he was also unreal. That fourth down play, that was another tone setter early on in the game. You know, they had the Mm -hmm. ball, and then they can't get a handoff off on fourth down. It was incredible how quickly he was in the backfield. Yep, knew where to be. Blitz the gap, did not hesitate. The thing that I think we've seen this year more than last year is these guys aren't thinking. And Al Golden, and this has developed over the course of this year as well, and you brought it up with Maris not getting touched by guards, is we're putting guys in the right matchups to succeed. And that that's yeah. as big as a thing as anything with having an elite defense. It's like you yeah. see it in the NFL all the time when, like, Miles Garrett's running around, like, picking out one guy to just abuse all games. Like, we were essentially doing that to USC. It wasn't one particular guy because we were winning almost every matchup. But, yeah, secondary, also unreal. Like, if you're picking on Ben Morrison, like, you know, pick your poison there. Like, Yeah, no, Al Golden didn't take a misstep all night. Like, no. didn't even let the gas up. We had our, our number ones in there up. 28 in the fourth, you know, like we kept the gas on. He was absolutely dialed. 
and we tackled like I've never seen us tackle. I, yeah. I I can't really remember more than one missed tackle. Everybody was absolutely on it. And those are some good freaking skill players that they got mm-hmm. the balls in their hands. And those guys were so frustrated. If the, yeah. if like they were ran screen plays, we'd be all over it. Ben Morrison wrap up. Xavier Watts, beyond the other plays he made, he tackled extremely well, was trusting his instincts. Maris got home. Mills got home. Howard Cross got home. Like we tackled really, really well. Yeah. yeah. And let I think – you you probably include Washington in this group as well, but we've probably played two of the best three wide receiver groups in the country. And for mm-hmm. the most part, shut them down. I don't know if you guys saw the deep ball stat thrown around where it's like other quarterbacks throwing deep against Notre Dame completion percentage is under 20% on balls thrown 20 yards downfield in the air. That's insane. And like, like none actually, of those have been. It, it feels like that should be lower. So. Yeah. Right, like in a weird way, it feels like it should be lower. Like we've probably played like five first-round receivers, and like none of them have received. Like, yeah, you, you know, we've talked about you know wasting a year of Sam Hartman, and this wasn't his best game. We can talk about that in a bit, and like the offense in general to what they need to do. But like, it's almost like we're wasting a year of this defense. Right. No, I, I'm with you on that. This is probably the best group of defensive backs we've had. For sure, in the my, best group of the, for sure the best lifetime, backs. Like, best I, 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 they're absolutely incredible. Cam Hart just keeps getting better and better. He's his stock. He proved that he made the right choice coming back. Ben mm-hmm. Morrison should not still be in college, but lucky us, he's going to have to be. Um, and like the guys that like Ron Henderson has played well. Xavier Watts was a freaking receiver, and I remember we were at the Cincinnati game. Us three were sitting by each other. Do you know what play I'm talking about? Yeah, like he's in the flat, and some he takes the worst angle I've ever seen any defensive mm-hmm. player play. Like he was so he was he was a football player, but he was so far away from a defensive player. Yeah, and he played so incredibly. Like the way we're developing the guys on that back end is really encouraging. I'd love to see him come back for another year. I think he. I, will. I hope he. He has to. Yes. Yeah. Like that's some great. There's some great tape, but like it's not proven enough at this point. I think Mickens, what Mickens and O'Leary are doing with the yeah. quarterbacks and safeties, respectively, is is unbelievable. Especially because I think the safeties are a bit more raw than what the corner, like corners. I think corners, like you have some, like really, really just talented individuals. Cam Hart obviously yeah. been there for a while, but like what he's made, and I know DJ Brown has been perfect by any means. Like, and obviously he played well. He played well on Saturday. Like, Got to He played flowers. well. Henderson played well. Like Xavier Watts, obviously the best player on the field. Like, it just, I think they're both really, really solid coaches, and like we're very, I think we're very lucky to have them on the Notre Dame staff. You look at the guys we have in the defensive backfield. Like, it's not like we have a five-star Kyle Hamilton run back here. Ben Morrison, you know, low four-star. No one was expecting him to do anything. Cam Hart was a receiver in high school, like one of the lowest-ranked recruits in the class. Thomas Harper transfer. Ramon Henderson receiver in high school. DJ Brown, just DJ Brown. Like, mm-hmm. he's turned those guys into one of what, the best. What I will say history. about that is, like, we are building just a speak for itself case for a talented transfer from whatever level of football to come in and, and play well right away. Like, you think yeah. you look at what the defensive backfield has done in the last couple of years and how we're coaching them up and how they're succeeding in the NFL. Although he, Kyle Hamilton, I actually haven't touched on, I haven't seen what Brandon Joseph is up to. Really, I have not either. Uh, Even like, for as a recording co- coordinator at the University of Illinois, Brandon Joseph, uh, Houston Griffith. Oh, Houston Griffith. Okay, yeah, that was that was okay. <laughs> How about Nick Nick McLeod still sticking with the Giants? Yeah. Nick McLeod, like we yeah. should be able to replenish with less raw dudes. Yeah. Pause. Uh, pretty 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 easily. Yeah. I mean, the talent level keeps going up. I think we do have a really good coaching staff on defense. Offense, I think we still need some work. That wasn't Jared Parker's best game. But ultimately, with short fields, you do what you need to do. And, like, after that first turnover, it's like you need to get seven. You need to punch him in the mouth. You couldn't have let any of those turn into field goals, at least, especially at the start of the game, when, you know, you let Caleb still have a chance, still let him think he can, you know, do something. Did what we need to do, would have liked to see more extended drives, but 
once again, we are quite literally hamstrung in the receiver room. Um, but I do want to give a shout out to Chris Tyree. Keep sticking to it. Seems to make a play every single game. So yeah, kind of kind of needed that one. Dead point in the game a little bit. Like mm-hmm. that one put that one put it away. Um, this is where I'm going to be not so like it's all roses at this point. Like it's a lot easier to call an offensive game when your defense does what we did. Not only with the short field, but like the defense gave us a lead, and it's a lot easier to call a game when you have control of the game, time, tempo, yeah. yardage, all that. So like yeah. Again, I'm not convinced by Jared Parker at all. Um, he did show a little more creativity. I thought so too. Mm-hmm. Not- the end around the face on sticks out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's there was a there's a screen out the flat to Tyree, which worked really well on third down too. And then I think they used that to like fake that and then get someone open down the sideline a little bit later as well. Rico. Like, yeah. Rico. So there's a little more creativity. But, yeah. like, with how bad that defense has been, and we touched on it, they're not a good defense. And we did not convert nearly enough first downs. No. 250, 251, 251 is for yardage total for Notre Dame on offense is not great. 40, 49, 48 points on 49 plays looks really good, but we all know that's not the case. That's a scoop and score. That's a that's a, uh, a kickoff return. So it, that that's a bit misleading. Um, and one Rico – INT went to the inch yard line. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, and for for me, I think it kind of this week. I, I think I thought Sam, Pete Sampson said it pretty pretty well uh, in the recap show. It's like when you're in a hole, this was the week that Parker stopped digging. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of like you're trying to get out of a hole, he you know pre- previous week, few weeks he's been making the hole deeper. Uh, we stopped making the hole deeper this week, uh, which was good. Um, like I said, like I, I think we both said Ian, like that there's been there's some good creative plays. Um, it was good to see Tyree get sprung, right? Like sprung loose over the top. Um, I, I also think that they're really fighting some injuries, especially on the outside. Like I don't think Great House is fully healthy. Thomas clearly isn't fully healthy. And in order for things to work like they were the first few weeks, yes, the opponents have gotten better, but I think they're gonna be important pieces to to make things run a little smoothly, more smoothly. I, I think this getting through USC and getting to the bye should be very helpful from a health standpoint and just from like a bit of a reset standpoint as well. Even getting the running backs, like I'd say Audric played a pretty good game, not great, mm-hmm. but he did look, he did look a little tired. Yeah. Um, Love wasn't quite as explosive. And I think Jadarian Price, like we, didn't really, we haven't really given him carries. I think he's kind of shown that like, Give yeah. me the ball more on the kickoff return. Well, yeah. Um, Jabran Payne again played well. Finds the um, end zone. Yeah, he finds the end zone. Does. Dude just got a nose for like making a play in a short yard situation. Um, Devin Ford, sorry, bro. That's sorry, bro. Like we like <laughs> it's just not here. Like I mean, he got one catch like out of the backfield. I think like. Yeah, the kid, the kid made a really nice tackle on it. But yeah, he did. We saw a lot of, uh, especially the goal line. But like, we did a lot of three tight end stuff. We did a lot of at some point four tight end stuff. Yeah. Uh, that was kind of like kind of getting back to the roots a little bit, which it worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, the what did you guys see? And... Go ahead. Go ahead. What did you guys see at the O line? Better, much better. Like, from at like like. I wouldn't say dramatically better, actually, but just better. Like stop again, stopped moving backwards and started moving. Yep. Started taking steps in the right direction, which was which was yeah. good because the last few weeks have been horrendous. I mean, the D line's the most talented part of that <clears throat> USC yes, defense. Is. They've created havoc there because I mean they're a boom or bust defense. We didn't let them boom against us. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't create as many busts as, as we would have liked. But saw another stat floating around is that if you include the Navy game as a home game. No Dame has yet to give up a sack at home. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's obviously there's a the part you feel more comfortable at home. But then there's a the part, you know, it's like some pre- Blake Frischer did not give up pressures. He looked like he had his feet under him. Joel yeah. continued to be an All-American. Um, kind of shows last week was a one-off. But, you know, they, they did enough for us to win. Like, it, was, it wasn't the O-line's yeah. fault we weren't moving the ball. Because, honestly, Sam Hartman was off. He was yeah, off. he was. He missed. He missed a couple yeah. 
Just like too much rip on some balls sometimes, which is weird. Yeah, some bad bad throws, a couple bad reads. I'm thinking of one play where he had holding stats who wouldn't have gotten touched for 20 yards in, in the flat. Um, oh, then, yeah, and he just chose to go over the top. Yeah, I agree. That was, a, that was a silly one. He was just like – it seems like he was just like jacked up, which as like a six-year senior, like he didn't like play within himself or obviously like take the yardage that the defense gave him. Did put it on the dime for Tyree, but that's yeah. what we expect. More throws like that, please. Yeah. Get, get him a week and a half in the film room. Let him settle down. Like, this bye week is, like, so, so big. Neat. So needed. So needed. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was a game that, like, oh God, it, it makes you love Notre Dame again. It makes you love watching Notre Dame football. Not that we never didn't love Notre Dame or didn't love watching Notre Dame football, but, like, just what the doctor ordered. For Marcus, yeah. for the program – Seriously, I mean, the, you need you need to fix all smoke Southern Cal at home. It, yeah, that'll always that'll it'll always it. get you back in good graces. Um, seeing Marcus just being able to get up for games like this and get the team up. I mean, now he has two top ten victories. That's basically that's what Brian Kelly had in ten years, mm-hmm. nine years, however long it was. Um, being able to blow those teams out. And, I mean, the big games we've lost under Marcus, we haven't gotten blown out in any of them. Like, I, I think, you know, he brings a calming presence. Like, being able to get the team back on their feet, not only get them back on their feet and compete, but get them on their feet and, like, get them ready to fucking go. Yeah, he's somehow gotten them to hate USC at the level that they should. Like, even last year, mm-hmm. they played really hard. Yeah. And yes. They played really hard on Saturday, too. Yeah. I, I agree. Last year was a last year was a weird one where they just like the tackling wasn't great, but the effort was still really there. You yeah. Know? yeah. Which usually usually those things don't coexist the way they did. But yeah. And then the atmosphere in the stadium, another thing I want to yeah. touch on. It wasn't Ohio State. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't Ohio State, but it was still good. Mm-hmm. Slev, what do you uh, what do you think they did for the uh the fourth quarter? What do I think they did? Was it exactly yeah. the same as the Ohio State? Was it was, uh, it was a different different eleven year old? But yeah, they gave the mic to an eleven year old. That um, <laughs> and then uh, that freaking Six Flags song, is dude. Uh, we have the cheesiest soundtrack of all time, man. If I hear if I hear Mo Bamba again, the uh, the like Spotify AI DJ would do a better job. It's ridiculous, dude. and they don't change it up, and it's all bad. If I if I hear Bo Bamba one more time come through my TV on third or fourth down, I'm going to watch myself out my apartment window. It's we need more NBA young boy. Whatever you say, dude. That would probably work. <laughs> just like, give us like the Phoenix Sun soundtrack, whatever they're doing. Yeah. yeah. Actually, they're cheesy as hell, too. Yeah, it, it was good. It was a good day. Like, the, you know, the day in South Bend itself, a little murky to start, but like, it held up for most of the tailgating. It was actually beautiful at kickoff as well. Yes. Like the it looked, it looked really nice as NBC cut in. Like it, it looked gorgeous. There's like a uh, – there's this adverse thing where like it sucks how much Notre Dame is charging for tickets. But then like also anybody that's there is like so excited to be there because they paid so much freaking money. They're like, all right, well, I mm-hmm. better enjoy it. So, like, I'd rather have it every five dollars because I still think you'd have excitement. But like, it's still like a a special event, even for two losses, and people hate USC. Yep. Yeah, I think we've hit on everything I gotta say about Saturday. Just a good ass day, good ass win. Yeah. yeah, needed it, needed it all around. Um, all right, fellas. No, no Notre Dame this week. Obviously, we're on a bye, but we have a really pretty good slate actually overall, uh, mm-hmm. which is exciting. Uh, starting in the new slate, you guys, you guys good to make good to make the picks. Yep. Let's do it. Let's rock. Um, real, real brief recap of last week. Actually, really good week across the board as far as the games we had to pick. Do you and I were four and two? Uh, Ian, you were five and one. Unfortunately, we all lost our lock. My lock got smoked. Yeah, yours your lock did get get skull fucked, honestly. It was can uh, you tell me what? what happened in yours? In mine? Yeah, I had West Virginia. I had West Virginia. Houston oh my gosh. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I got my dick kicked in twice. I should have been perfect brutal. this week. I should have been six and out. Same thing with or I mean, you guys have you guys are on Washington, but man, two and a half. I should have at least been pushing because the line closed. Did we three. get Washington but at two and a half? You guys got Washington at two and a half. Oh, that's um, nice. That's nice. So um, I got, yeah. But so I, I uh, nice, nice to be across the board. Just, just not great in the locks. Yeah, sorry about the locks, everybody out there. Um, the Mormons did not show up. No, Church of Latter Day lay down is what happened. Um, For real, I don't know. TCU figured it out. Yeah, <laughs> like something good happened there. I think they started a freshman. They did. Chandler Marsh yeah. is out, and uh, they lost. Like BYU lost for like thirty-five. They the forty-fourth eleven, I think. Yeah, my bad, my bad out yeah. there. Everything else yeah. is hot though. Yeah, the Air Force still won. They just didn't cover. They struggled really with Wyoming. It happens. Yeah. Um, all right, Let, let's let's hit this week's slate of games and wrap up here. Uh, Penn State at Ohio State, big noon kickoff. At uh, this one's actually at noon. Um, Ohio State's four point favorites at home. Who you guys got? Um, I think Penn State's really good. It's just like Ohio State has played better. They're at home. They've owned Penn State in these games. A lot of them have been close. Um, the reason that I think the script flips this year is I think Penn State will be able to run the ball. I think Nick Singleton's really good. Aller's been okay, but I think, you know, he comes into his own. They're coming off a bye, right, Penn State? No, they no, played they kind basically of. a bye. Yeah, basically. Yeah, they, uh, played, they beat they UMass 63-0. All right. Yeah, so so they ran uh, the first 10 plays that they installed in the offseason of the entire game in that one. So, um I don't know. I, I think Penn State's able to control the ball, control the clock. I'm still not sold on the cord. I think it's a three-point game. I think Ohio State wins, but I'll take the Nittany Lions to cover. Yeah, yeah, Um, I I would love the under. I think is the overall my suggestion here. Um, I think Penn State's really good as well. I I think they're honestly better than Ohio State in a lot of different places. Um, and where they're not as good probably is on the edges, but they can probably contain the wide receivers better than most teams. So I'm going to go with them to keep it tight as well. Uh, we'll be rooting for Ohio State because we have to, but I honestly think Penn State will beat them. Uh, I'm going to take Penn State to keep it inside the number. Um, I think Ohio State probably ultimately wins at home, but I think the game's real tight. I hope I hope it's a really, really fun game on Saturday after the start of Saturday afternoon. That would be great, but I'll take Penn State to keep inside the number. Um, all right, next week, next one, uh, third Saturday in October here, we got Tennessee at Alabama. Alabama, nine-and-a-half-point home favorites. Number's a little bigger than I thought it would be, but uh, who you guys got here? Ian? I'm going to go with, despite everything I just said earlier, <laughs> I'm going to go with Bama. I yeah. think, actually, Tuscaloosa will get up for this game. Um, I don't like you said it. Tennessee won on a punt return. Uh, yeah. I don't think they figured it out yet. Despite what's happening on the offensive side of the ball for Bama, I still think they're a lot better. Um, and it'll be actually closer than people think for a while. And then at the end, they busted over across the number. Bama minus nine. I, I like that pick as well. However, this game gets weird. And like I said, Hypo can create stuff. And I'm still just not sold. I think not that Tennessee has a great defense. AM's, you know, but they, you know, it's, it's going to be very similar. And Alabama probably shouldn't have covered against AM. Transitive property doesn't work. Something's telling me that, you know, Alabama's been kind of flirting with fraudulent all, the, all year outside of the Ole Miss game. So, you know, this will probably be one that flips on my head. Um, and Alabama will blow them out, but for now, I'll take the falls to get inside. I think Alabama still wins, but I think the falls cover. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go with Bama here. I think this might be one of those things where Tommy Reese just decides that if we throw the ball down the field a hundred times and it hits twenty, uh, then you know that's two. That's probably two big plays, right? They might just throw it down the field enough where they they might just hit enough big plays to win. D to your point, I think that 
the 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 really the thing that's actually giving me more pause than anything is Tennessee defensive line versus Alabama's offensive line. I hope that the offensive line can take another step forward. Um, they're a little young, but we'll see. I still think Alabama just similar to what you said. I think they'll pull, pull away late um, and then when it ended up covering. But uh, I, I hope the game's tight throughout the day or throughout the early part of the game. Uh, all right, next one: Duke at Duke at Florida State in Tallahassee. Um, Duke. Florida State's 14-point home favorites. Um, I don't know if we know about Riley Leonard, but that's that, that's where we're standing. The line, to me, that line says Riley Leonard's not playing, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, if Riley Leonard's playing, like, it's probably a 10-point line. That's um, what I was thinking. Uh, I want him to come back. thing is, Florida State, if they hadn't played as well as they just did, not that Syracuse is any good. They did give Clemson a little bit run from their money, but they – absolutely smoked them. Looks like they got their offense back under them a little. I do worry about their defense and their attention span a little bit. I could see Florida State going up early, very similar to Boston College game, although the atmosphere will be much better for that one than it was in Chestnut Hill. Um, I see this one as a backdoor cover for the Dukies. I, I, without Riley Leonard, with Riley Leonard, I think it's a close game all throughout. I, I think the de- that or the defense just keeps them in it just long enough. That's where I'm going. I'm going to take I'm taking Duke to – I'm going – I'm keeping Duke to keep it inside the number, and it has to do with the defensive line, keeping them in the game. I'm going to st- I'm gonna go with that as well. I'm also going to hope for a miraculous right line co- like recovery and playing. So I'm going to take Duke as well. I also think Florida State, as you said, Dino, like when they're on, they're on. But, like, if you can lock up Keon Coleman a little bit, maybe he, – he's incredible. Keon Coleman is yeah. incredible. Yeah. But there's a couple of games where he kind of disappears. So if you yeah, lock them up, does. maybe they don't get it going. And I think you can kind of rattle Florida State decently well. So I'm going to go with Duke to stay inside the 14. Uh, all right, next one, Utah at USC. USC six-and-a-half-point home favorites. Uh, we still have no idea whether Cam Rising is going to play football this year, but what do you guys think here? I don't think he's going to play football, my thought. I there. don't think so either. Um, yeah. I got. I'm seeing seven now. Seven. Um, I prefer that personally because I'm gonna go with the Utes after what Me we too. just saw. We'll pick them seven. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Utah too. Uh, after what we just saw, Utah, we do know that their defense is still very good, yeah. and they have a lot to play for. Um, they don't need to rely on the quarterback to get some points on the board. Uh, seven's too much for a USC team that we know is just not that good. Uh-huh. D. So, Lincoln Riley hasn't entirely forgotten how to coach football. Okay. okay. Um, I still think he's a very, very good offensive coach. And, you know, I think he can game plan, you know, now that it's on film, what we did, because we probably showed them a lot of things that they hadn't seen all year. He'll be able to game plan around that a little and just the sheer number of dudes they have in a bounce back game. Now, Will USC's defense revert to what they have been, or was last week a little better? I don't know. Utah's offense is no more dynamic than ours is, especially without Cam Rising. I, I think they'll bounce back, win this one cover. I wish we didn't push this one to seven, but uh, <laughs> you can get it. Six and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely just forced that through. Yeah. We'll keep it at seven. D, E, D, you got to be, you got, you got, I, you I've got been, to throw, I've you been got overruled. Um, All right, last game we're picking here. Clemson at Miami. Uh, Neither of these teams are ranked, but game still somewhat matters for the ACC Um, in case case things go haywire. Uh, But Miami, three-and-a-half-point home dogs you guys got? Not Miami. Me neither. Not Not Miami. Miami. Home. You know we talked about with Slev, bookmakers add another three for home. Mm Mm-hmm. I think they give the opposing team three. I agree. For playing uh, in Miami. I mean, it's got to be so demoralizing as a college football player to play in that stadium. Nobody's there. Um, This is more so Clemson's trending up. Miami's trending down. Dabo knows that. The culture's better. Last time Clemson played Miami Gardens, they they, they packed the stadium a bit. I wouldn't be shocked if this felt more Clemson home game. I wouldn't be surprised either. Yeah. Uh, I am also going not Miami as my pick. <laughs> yep. 
Not Miami across the board for us. Um, all right. Locks of the week. Anybody got something like? I got one. Sure. Um, I'm going to go with the first half. A first half cover here. It's gross. Oh it's gross. And I'm going to go to East Lansing. Oh, boy. Where I think we have one of the most, like the biggest Power 5 mismatches we've seen in a while. Um, in a rivalry game, Michigan has lost this game enough during the Harbaugh era to not let it be a sleeper game. Like, they'll still be up for it. These teams hate each other. Michigan to cover 13.5 in the first half. All it's 24 and a half full game. I also like that. D. So I, I just want to bring up the over under in Iowa against Minnesota is sitting at 32 and a half. I just want to, I just want to reference that. that that's too low for me to bet. I would love that one. Like I still might do it cause it's hilarious, but I'm not making that my lock. I'm going to go, you know, the strategy failed me last week picking an undefeated team, but I, I, I got some juice behind this one. James Madison, mm. they're undefeated, bowl ineligible because they just moved up to the FBS. So they got – they're bowl playing ineligible for, regular... for the only, like, good reason you can be bowl ineligible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's not even a good reason either. It's just like – Well, right, they didn't doing? cheat. They didn't yeah, they have didn't prostitutes cheat. with their – you know, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But they're – playing essentially for an undefeated season, they're going to be motivated. I, I think they're playing Marshall, mm-hmm. who's you know solid team. It's Thursday night. So I got I got to get this on the board for our listeners uh, Thursday morning. They are three-and-a-half-point favorites, but I'm sure Huntington, West Virginia will be rocking, have an undefeated team come to town. But that team, James Madison, they're motivated – and uh, I'm I'm gonna ride with the Dukes to cover three and a half against Marshall. I like Love that. That's all they got. It's all they got. Love that, dude. Um, all right, I'll wrap us up. Uh, the father, son, and Greg Schiano. Uh, minus five. This one. Minus five in Bloomington. Let's go. Let's go. They're right fighting there. for. Uh, they're gonna be a, make a bowl, right? Rockers? They're five 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 win team right now. Wow. They need this one probably. Probably need this one. Who do you got left? Who I say you? Who, who uh, does Greg Big Greg have left? Michigan State, I believe. Oh, that oh, that's one. No, 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 they played. They played Michigan State last week. I lied. Um, I'm trying to figure out now who they have left, but probably need this one. Um, Indiana, Indiana. They got Iowa and Maryland. Also have Rutgers and Penn State. Though. We haven't. We didn't like really talk about Iowa like. Do you look at that on the schedule and be like gettable, or are you just like that's going to yes. be the worst football game I've ever seen? It's a, it's Get, a, yeah, it's gettable because I hope because like they're just not going to yeah. score. You just need a pick six or something. Yeah. All right, fellas. If I if we were allowed to do this, my lock would be U.S. Men's National Team against Ghana because they're up three 0 right now. Fair dogs, dogs. <laughs> well done, Americans. All right, fellas. Talk to you next week. Sounds Take good. a breather. All right, fellas.